went, we had a Target order that we had to pick up last night. Yes, I drove the car in my bathrobe nice. last night. That nice. is the level that we're at now in month 11 of the pandemic. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Beyond Our Walls podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Gerilyn. We are coming to you today with a little bit of a different format. We've had four episodes now. This is our fifth episode, and we thought that this would be a good one to maybe take a break and slow things down, uh, especially after the great conversation that we had with Christian Earhart last week. If you hadn't had a, a chance to hear that, definitely go back and listen to episode four because Christian's interview has really stayed with us over the last week. Definitely. And so we decided that we were going to do an episode today where we didn't interview anyone, but just kind of sat and had a conversation about some of the thoughts we've had since that interview and how the week's been going and what we're going to be doing moving forward because we just needed to take a little bit of a break. So a little bit of self-reflection based on our conversation with Christian. Yeah. You know, we, we, he really got us thinking about how we embrace the crashes in our own life and, uh, so we want to talk about that and, and maybe talk about some examples that we've seen in, in people around us that are also embracing the crashes and those folks that, that really inspire us and, and you know help us to keep moving forward in difficult times. Mm-hmm. Finding the happy in the sadness. Yeah, I think that that's a, really, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jer, but I find myself fluctuating quite often between feeling okay and then feeling not so great, feeling like I'm stuck. Yep. Having that COVID brain, right? Yeah, we were just talking before we started recording about COVID brain. I'm finding that I'm really struggling at some points to grasp the words that I need in order to convey a point. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to myself on these podcasts, which uh, if you're like me, listening to yourself is always a hard task (laughs) because you never sound the way that you think you, you do in your head. But I've noticed that uh, my cadence, my voice cadence has changed and I have a lot of pauses and a lot of ums. And so I've, yeah. been, I've been just thinking about that kind of COVID brain with the recall and, and things like that. It's so funny because in my brain, as I'm doing this, I feel like I sound just like Brene Brown. And then I listen to myself and I realize <laughs> I don't sound anything like Brene Brown. <laughs> Who do you think Brene Brown thinks she sounds like? <laughs> I don't know. She's, she's got that voice that's perfect for, for a podcast or if you've ever listened to her books, it's just easy to follow her. But I guess I'll just have to be, uh, be okay with the way I sound on, on an audio recording. Yeah, I think, you know what, I think we sound like experts. I think we sound like professionals. Considering we're wearing masks all the time. Yeah, the masks are tough. (laughs) The masks are tough. But, you know, we're going to keep going with masks. I can't wait for the day we do a podcast without a mask. That'll be pretty exciting. In exciting news, we both have our second vaccine shots coming up. Mine is Friday morning. Yeah, and mine is uh, next Monday. Yep, very exciting. I did hear that there's a little bit of a reaction that could happen. So I'm preparing myself for that. But I didn't have any reaction after the first shot, so I'm anticipating that this one won't be as bad as some people have experienced. That's, I hope that that's true. I'm hoping. We'll see. So like we do each week on the podcast, we like to start by talking about what we're thankful for. And so, Jer, what are you thankful for this week? So every day when I drive to work, I have about a 25 or a 30-minute commute. And um, what I started to do every morning is I call my mom. 
And I do that because I used to see my mom a lot, but now with COVID, I can't see her because she lives in a 55 and over community where she can't really leave um, just to keep them protected and safe. So I call her. So every day we talk for about 25 minutes on the phone and I get kind of an update on how she's doing in her, in, in her life. And um, I started relating what my mother's been doing to some of the things that Christian talked about when we were with him last week. So my mom moved there to this community called Presswick Chase. She moved there in September and it was hard for her. She left her house that she had been living in since the early 80s that she built with my dad. Mm. And she had to move out of that house or didn't have to. She chose to move out of that house and move into an over 55 community. And when she did, she wasn't sure if she was going to like it. We told her it would be a trial period that she could stay there for a few months. And if she didn't like it, she could go back to our house. We didn't sell our house. We kept it. So now fast forward several months, four or five months, and my mother is thrilled. So picture our lives right now, Tim, and what we're doing and how basically we do. We come to work. We go home. We have our routines at home. But we really don't do much other than go to the grocery store. Yesterday, I came home and immediately put a bathrobe on (laughs) over my sweatpants. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. And do you know that because we've been trying to train our our new dog, who we've had for six months, Lucy, to stay at home by herself. Uh She's got that separation anxiety going on. So Amy and I try to leave the house uh, every day for certain amounts of time. Yeah. We went. We had a Target order that we had to pick up last night. Yes, I drove the car in my bathrobe nice. last night. That nice. is the level that we're at now. I literally had my big fuzzy blue bathrobe on. <laughs> I can picture it. My wife was in the car with me and she was totally fine with it. She's usually my barometer for those uh-huh. things. It's not like we were walking around the store. Right. Um, but yeah, I just was like, you know what? I'm getting in the car with my bathrobe and I don't even care. So that's where you're at with COVID. And that's, that's where, where a lot of us are right now because we've been doing this for 11 months. So I want you to think about my 82-year-old mother. So my 82-year-old mother moved to this place and now she is completely thrilled. So in the past four months... My mother has taken up billiards at Presswick Chase. Nice. Where she's learning how to play pool. And in the morning, sometimes she tells me about her new her new pool shots that Ooh. she's doing, which is pretty interesting. Fancy. She's joined a book club there, which she's already part of a book club. This is kind of a, a subset of her original book club with some of the people that are were in her original one but live in the same community so they can actually get together. She goes to dinner two or three nights a week. Last week, she sent me a picture of her with a temporary tattoo on her arm to tell me that there was a day called Booze and Tattoos, <laughs> where they sat and had uh, cocktails and got fake tattoos. She, yeah. Was is, it like a heart that said mom on it? it? No, like, it, was a, it was one of those peace trees going oh, up her arm. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. My my brother, she sent it to my brother and my sister and myself, and I think all of us just commented, wow, back to our... <laughs> So she's doing that. And then the thing that really struck me the other day is my mother is avid in this group called Academy for Lifelong Learning, where for years, since she retired from being a teacher, she's been part of this group where she learns new things and they take, she takes courses and she takes courses in anything from sculpture and art to music appreciation, to languages, to history, all kinds of stuff. She's taught courses in this as well. So she's in the middle of taking some classes for that. Plus, she has been editing. Uh, my father wrote his memoirs before he passed away, and she's been editing those. So she's, she's very busy. So she said to me uh, yesterday morning, she said, you know, I haven't been able to get to your father's memoirs because 
I've decided that I'm going to take um, fr- some French classes online to brush up in my French. My mom's first language is French. That's cool. She was a French teacher. And um, she's realized that as she's gotten older and she doesn't use her French as often, that she's starting to lose it. And she said she talked to her cousin on the phone a couple of weeks ago and she struggled to find some of the words. So she decided to go online and find a course that she could take so she can brush up on her French for the next um, couple of weeks so that she's comfortable talking to my, to, to my, uh, her cousins. And this is how, what I listen to on my way to work as I'm thinking about the drudgery of my day mm. and the things that I'm doing and how um, sometimes I'm just feeling like I think about your mood meter and I'm feeling really low and down. And I think about my mom. She's in Presswick Chase. She can't see her family. But she is finding happiness in the sad. She is figuring out ways to move forward. She's figuring out ways to better herself at 82 years old. Mm-hmm. And she's continuously learning. And I, I am so thankful that she's in my life and that she is my role model and something that I, someone that I look forward to talking to every day. And I just hope that I am able to do the same things when I am her age mm. and that I have the same mindset in life. And I try and take that mindset to me, with me to work every day and in my life because it's easy to sit and stare at the walls yeah. and it's easy to just be complacent and say, this is where I am right now and I can't move forward. And, and my mom refuses to do that. She just keeps moving forward and I love it. I mean, she sounds like an awesome person. She is. She comes from, she comes from good stock. We, we had a conversation this morning about my aunt who's, um, who's 80, who's struggling a bit with um, some, some dementia issues and things like that. But my aunt is an avid skier at 80. And to the point where I can't keep up with her when I hmm. ski, downhill ski. So they come from good stock, this, my family. So I'm hoping that I can follow in their footsteps. That's great. Yeah, I mean, maybe we need to have a booze and tattoos night. Hey. Um, you know, at some point for, you know, everybody. Like, that's just what we need in our life. We just need to make cocktails and put temporary tattoos on. I, and, that's it. and billiards. And billiards. I mean, billiards and and booze and tattoos it's the way to go and and maybe that'll that'll help us uh just find a little bit of happiness that's funny that's funny (laughs) it is interesting though when you think about us as adults and yet you know if we're lucky to still have our parents in our lives oh yeah which you know i do as well i have both my mom and my dad uh that we rely on them still right absolutely we, we call them and we talk to them and i think to myself what it would have been like if we were going through this kind of situation years ago where it wasn't as easy to communicate and it wasn't as easy to keep in touch with people oh, you know yeah. my form of conversation uh with my mom uh and dad and especially my mom is texting yeah and you know it's just constant mm-hmm. um and then you know some time will go by but we always can just pick right up where we left off. And, you know, I think that it's important that, you know, we're always able to kind of check in with each other. Yep. And so uh, a lot of times it's when my mom is in Trader Joe's and she <laughs> we need her to pick some things up for us. And so <laughs> she'll works. text us and say, hey, what do you need? Um, but, uh, you know, we still rely on on our parents to to help us navigate some of this stuff and we look to them to say how are they how are they handling this yeah um my parents are really you know my parents are handling this very well and you know they're they're um just kind of moving forward and so i sometimes look to them to say like okay i'm freaking out a little bit Mm -hmm. um my mom has gotten 
many of those texts from me. Uh, my dad gets the, my dad was a principal for 21 years. Um, and so he gets the professional SOS texts from me. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which, which feel like they're coming more often these days. Yeah. So, that's okay though that's your people right yeah. the strength you have around you and it's important to have that and and keep connected it's funny my the there's seven grandchildren on my side of the family for my mom and my my nieces and nephews and my kids decided that one of the ways they'd keep connected with their grandmother is to write her letters actual pen and paper letters I love that. and so um or just a postcard yeah. or something like that because they can talk to her on the phone and they'll sometimes facetime her so they mm-hmm. can see her but Knowing that, you know, maybe she'd really like having a letter yeah. uh, because she, she can read it and reread it. So my daughter started it and my mom absolutely loved it. So now the kids are all, you know, slowly starting to, to send her some things and, and she really does appreciate it. So thinking out of the box, I think, is really important right now to keep everybody connected. I think um, the art of the handwritten letter is something that yeah. we really, really deeply miss as a piece of connection oh, yeah. in society and I think that being able to refer back to those as like a part of your own personal history. Mm-hmm. I know even the little cards and notes that I have from my grandmother uh, that she would send um, are really treasures for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons that I've jumped back into writing letters to people. And I've really been yeah. keeping up with that. Um, I've actually got just a couple new pen pals. Nice. I know we were laughing about this a couple of episodes uh, ago, but a couple uh, of new pen pals. I have a couple of new pen pals. It's almost yeah. a full time job. One of them is even international. Now. Wow, that's awesome. So we'll see how that goes, but uh, but yeah, I think that you know having that artifact, that uh-huh. memory to hold on to of somebody when they're gone is really important too because. Yeah. I have cards and letters that I sent to my grandmothers when I was little that she kept in a box. And, you know, I know I wrote them, but just the fact that she kept them and I have them again is kind of a, is kind of a nice thing. So that's really, that's really cool that they're doing that. Yeah. So it's funny. So this weekend's Valentine's Day. Yeah. So um, we are not big Valentine's Day people. No. But what we choose to do on Valentine's Day is um, we give each other a half an hour and we have a set time and we actually time it and say half an hour, ready, set, go. And in 30 minutes, we have to create a Valentine for the other person wow. using whatever is around us. That's hardcore. Well, we, cause we don't go out and buy a card and we're not going to give each other gifts. It's just, that's not what we do. So instead we decided to do that. So, and we can't pre write anything. We have uh-huh. to do it all right there. So 30 minutes, go, and we do it. And so we've been doing this now for several years. And it's actually pretty funny because some of the cards t- turn out to be looking like something that a, like a preschooler would make. Mm-hmm. But it's the written message in them. Right. And it's really interesting what happens when you start writing and you know you're on a time limit and you just have to get it out. It's maybe not the perfect kind of letter, but you get out what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and it has to be handwritten. We can't We can't type it or anything like that. So... I'll be doing that this weekend. Think of me on Valentine's nice. Day for 30 minutes. The ready, set, go I Valentine. <laughs> I love that. We, um, we cook together nice. for nice. Valentine's Day every year. Uh, we've, what we've done in the past is we've um, tried to recreate special meals that we've had in traveling. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. So that's been, a, that's been a theme for us. Might become a bigger theme this year since we haven't gone anywhere in, in a year. Yeah. In over a year. And, uh, and so, so that's what we do on Valentine's Day. We're not huge, you know, we're not huge Valentine's Day people, but we do try to, we do try to just celebrate a little bit with each other. We've been doing happy hours. So we always used to go to happy hour on Friday nights before COVID and 
we haven't obviously done that. So we recreate happy hour at our house. So we're going to do that on Sunday for Valentine's Day instead where we get like different cheeses and, you know, really good bread and different kinds of appetizer food and have wine or something and sit there. So that's our Valentine's nice. plan. Is our we could do a whole episode if we ended up talking about food. We could. So, One day we will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll have Alex in. He can talk about it. Oh, nice. Perfect. <laughs> so I, uh, you know that I love Dr. Brene Brown. I know. Brene. I feel like I, try, I bring her up in, in almost every episode and I'm constantly talking about Brene. Um, in fact, I feel like we... We spoke about her earlier. I you were talking we about how you wanted to sound like her. I know, and I don't have a shot. She but. is. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I. She is our. She is definitely one of our gurus, and uh-huh. she's somebody that we spend a lot of time thinking about and talking about. And and she has a podcast, uh, her Dare to Lead podcast, which is based on her most recent book that I love, and it's on Spotify. So I was listening to it last week where she interviewed uh, a gentleman named Chad Sanders, who is uh, a black man who is a writer, a director, an actor. Uh, He's been a writer for television shows. And he wrote a book that just came out called Black Magic. Uh And it's about um, some very successful uh, people in the business field, in the entertainment field, that are also people of color Mm -hmm. and what they've gone through in order to get there, the struggles that they've encountered uh, and the ways that they've had to kind of uh, change their approaches to things as people of color in order to get where they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to read it. It's definitely on my to-be-read list. But there were a couple of things that he said during that interview with Brene. And, you know, Brene, Brene often focuses on vulnerability and shame and that's Mm -hmm. the research that she's done as a qualitative researcher and so as a qualitative researcher she's always based in these conversations so her ability to interview people and pull things out is really really it's amazing it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. to listen to it really is she's just so good at it because it seems so natural Mm -hmm. it's definitely something i aspire to and and she they were talking about when things shifted for these folks in these positions and when they started to realize that um they had the power to shape their own pathway. Mm-hmm. And what really came up a number of times was the fact that they make decisions based on what they believe and not necessarily what they think. And that was something that Chad Sanders said during the podcast. Well, that's, he, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Making decisions based on what you believe, not in what you think. Right. That's, and that's and then hard. He, he talked about a, another prolific podcaster and, and author, Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. who Brene has also interviewed. And he used a quote that's, don't believe everything that you think, hmm. which made me think. Mm-hmm. And it also, as I, as I think about Christian and what he talked with us about last week, I think the idea of making decisions based on what he believes and not necessarily what he thinks is something that he really embodies for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching the video of him doing that triple backflip that he was the youngest, <laughs> he was the youngest BMX performer. Yeah. I, I struggle with what to call him. I'm not sure what rider, he is. BMX rider, rider, BMX rider. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he really is a performer when you watch him. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, did, I, did I tell you my husband and I watched a bunch of his no. videos afterwards and watched him build... It's, some of the things that he jumps off of. And my husband, who's an engineer, 
could not get over what this kid was building in his backyard. It's crazy it to watch. I know. So, folks, if you go and look up Christian Earhart on YouTube, you will see all of this. And this is really... what we did on Friday night last week. And you can see <laughs> that he really just throws himself into uh-huh. this this belief that he's going to be able to complete this trick. Correct. He talked about it, you know, this idea of just keep picking yourself up and, and going back and doing it. And, again you know, working through that crash, embracing the crash, Mm -hmm. that to me is making decisions based on what you believe, not necessarily on what you think. Because if he sat and he thought, this trick is really dangerous, I don't, I'm so young, I haven't been doing this for very long, he never would have been the youngest person to do a triple backflip on a BMX bike. Right. Um, Well, sometimes I think our beliefs can be scary also, is that just because it's scary doesn't mean it's dangerous. Yes. And we have to keep that in mind as well, that we have to follow our beliefs. And even though they might be scary, that maybe it's scary that other people won't agree with us. Right. If it's your belief, you stand behind it and you move forward and and try and do what you believe is the right thing. So I I learned so much from Christian and and that was one of my big takeaways. Yeah. And I I think Mm -hmm. as a school leader, one of the things that I do a lot is I spend time too much time worrying about trying to make everybody happy oh, yeah. but I've I've always had a kind of predisposition for that anyway uh-huh. you know I'm a firstborn um, I went to all boys Catholic military private middle school and high school uh-huh. uh, run by the Christian brothers and oh. um, you know yeah, that was a poster child yeah and so I was everyone. always you know do what's right, do what's right, sure. do what's right. But also that means what do other people believe I need to do? And so I, I often, you know, wanting to make people happy was something that really drove me. And, and still, as a 40-year-old man, it's something that I, that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to spend a lot of time overthinking the decisions that I've made or things that I said that are probably innocuous to the people I said them to. But to me, you know, I could wake up in the middle of the night thinking about something five years ago that I said that's still rattling around <laughs> oh, in yeah. my brain. Yeah. Uh, and so this idea of being okay with expressing what you believe and making decisions based on that is a really powerful thing, but it's also something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. And so that's really been resonating with me, and it's been making me consider why I do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. I think now especially working in school where, you know, we're watching kids and adults struggle so much with things that were just second nature before has really also made me think about what are the things that I believe in that are important and what are the things that we are doing simply because we've always done them. Mm -hmm. If ever there was a time to pare things down Mm -hmm. and really get to the core of our belief system, it's right now when we're all on overload and we're all having a hard time just balancing all of the regular things that we have to do during the day. But life isn't status quo right now, right? So everything's so different and we've turned upside down from where we were a year ago. So a year ago, I was thinking about this, like, where were we? What were we doing a year ago right now? Things are so incredibly different that if we were to always do things the way we always thought they should be done, it doesn't necessarily apply anymore. We really have to think out of the box a little bit and kind of change what we believe and what we're doing in order to to do what's right. And yeah. as educators, to do what's right for kids. Right. You know, we really have to think about that in a different way. Well, and doing what's right for kids right now feels very different 
than what we would have done in the past. Absolutely. And so I think one of the things that I'm struggling with is as a as a district level leader in a school district working with teacher leaders and administrators and colleagues, you know, we're we're starting to to make some bigger asks of people uh-huh. and it's pushing people to places where they're being forced now to consider why we've done certain things for a really long time. And I'm doing that as well. Yeah. I think there are things that I am I don't even realize are habitual about, you know, what we do in schools. Right. And it feels like it's an overwhelming time to consider those things right now because of everything that's happening. But also, if we can't consider those things right now, right. if we can't consider those things that we do that may not be helping uh, ourselves as professionals and the kids that we serve, then, we can, then when are we ever going to talk about it? You know, I talk a lot. You've heard me say this before. I really, truly believe there's a silver lining in this whole thing. I know you love. You do love to silver line. I the love pandemic. the silver line. It's the way that I get through things, and I and I bring up my own kids are probably sick of hearing me say it, but there are silver linings in this, and one of them is the fact that I do believe it's turned the education system upside down, where we've really had to rethink things, and things that we've been doing for years that we just did them because we thought they were the right thing to do, but just simply because we've done them that way forever, we're now looking at them differently and saying, this isn't, this isn't what we believe to be the right thing anymore. And, and, and I think education from this point forward and the way, the way we school kids is, is going to change. So there is sure. a silver lining. And you know, part of what I do in my job is something that I've been preaching for some of this for a long time pre-pandemic that now is all you know, coming to a reality that I, that I believe is going to be some good change that's happening. Um, still a struggle, but not a struggle that we can't that we can't tackle and move forward with. Well, and you know another hard thing right now is we don't have the time to talk about decisions right. and to debate right. the the really essential pieces of those decisions that we would have had in the past because everything is so in our face and everything is happening so quickly yeah. that. You know, we, we have this phrase that we've used uh, over the last couple of years, ready, fire, aim. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely not our phrase. I'm sure there's a lot of people out in the world in many pl- different places that have said that. Um, but I always have believed that we can spend too much time trying to fine-tune something and never actually get to doing the work of it. And so this idea of ready, fire, aim, where you say, all right, here's what we need. And then here are some ideas that we're going to try. We're going to try them, and then we're going to talk about whether they worked and they didn't work, and that's what we're going to aim after we've kind of tried it. Um, I think that that's really important right now, as long as it's not harmful. Absolutely. Um, because we can talk ourselves out of anything. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm finding for myself, like, I spend a lot of time talking myself out of things right now. And there's always a better time for it. Not right now. Not right, right now. There's too much right now. We can wait. And I, and I think if we continue to go with that mindset, we're just going to get stuck. Yeah. So to, to circle it back to Christian, right? So Christian, um, you know, he does things. He tries that triple jump. He thinks about it. He gets ready. He does it. He fires. Yeah. And then he fails. He is a perfect example of ready, fire, aim. He is. And then he fails and says, okay, what do I need to do that's different to make this work? His, his goal stays the same. Right. It's just he tweaks it every time and tries it over and over again until he gets the results that he's looking for. And I think we, we have to keep thinking of that. Yeah. And that really needs to be a model that we, we live by moving forward. 
Um, so normally during this part of our podcast, we like to talk about how we're getting beyond our walls and what we've been working on. And I know, um, Tim, you were trying to reflect more on the mood meter that yes. you talked about last week. How's that going for you? I have definitely been stopping uh, and thinking about where my head is at. That's good. It's, I don't know if it's always focused on my mood necessarily, but one of the things that I found is I'm very distracted mm-hmm. during all of this. I'm having a really hard, as I talked about before, you know, that brain fog that's kind of come with every day melding into yeah. the next. This morning I woke up and I thought maybe it was Saturday, maybe it was Tuesday. <laughs> it turns out it's Wednesday. So sad, it's Wednesday. Yeah, so, um, you know, for me it's really been stopping, uh-huh. looking around at, at my physical environment, seeing what's going on around me because I have a tendency to rush from thing to thing and forget that I had to do something. Yeah. So I've been checking in with myself that way. Mm-hmm. And before and after conversations that I've had with, with adults, I've definitely been thinking about how am I going into this? Is it right for me to have this conversation now? And then after I've been thinking about how am I feeling right now? How do I think I was feeling in the moment? So not necessarily looking at the mood meter like I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I think it's the idea of that has been kind of ingrained this week in my head. So I'm going to definitely continue with that. I think it's a really good practice. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I have the mood meter um, printed out and put on my office wall, and I, I definitely look at that. I, I should, I'm not as reflective as you are, but I think that's a, that's a good thing. I think I need to be a little bit more reflective in it. Especially going in and out of conversations. I, I like that idea. I like the idea of printing it and having it in front of you. So maybe that's what I'll do this week, yeah. just as a reminder. Yeah, it's nice to have that. So, yeah, so that's what I did last week. What about you? So, um, you know, the adventures of knitting. Nice. Um, I've been moving forward with my knitting. I have done a little bit more. I have not done a lot, but I am practicing what I know, which is the the casting on mm-hmm. and I've been able to knit a row of stitches. I don't even know what they're called at this point. Um, I'm not, I'm not super far with it and I have lots of reasons why. One of which is that I have a big house renovation going on right now and I've had to do a lot of that stuff when I'm not at work. Um, but I definitely plan next week to, to do more knitting. Um, how am I going to go beyond my walls coming up? And I, Tim and I know you and I have talked about this and you, you kind of talked about it a little bit already. One of the things that I'm guilty of is I don't slow down ever. Mm. I get up between 4.30 and 5 o'clock every morning. I have a very, very rigid routine of how I work out, how long I work out. I have everything very scheduled. I then take a shower. So before I even get to work, I've basically done a whole day, day's worth of work. Mm. I have emails checked. I have my workout done. I have my breakfast and everything done before like 8 o'clock in the morning. And then I get to work and I have a huge list and I pop off that list and then I get home and I have another list and I do not stop until I go to sleep. And I do that on my weekends too. I get up on a weekend morning and I make a list of what I need to do for the day mm-hmm. and I check it off as the day goes on and feel like I am not, I'm not having a good day unless I've been mm-hmm. productive. I have a list maker in my house also. It's uh, and if she's listening to this right now, she's laughing because... Um, I am not, I am a aspiring list maker oh, I am a list who loves maker. the idea of making a list, uh-huh. but then when it comes right down to it, gets annoyed when I actually look at a list and there's all these things that I have to do. Oh, so, I love it. Um, so I live with a, a list maker who definitely can, can uh, relate to what you're saying. Does Amy, I actually now have a box 
that I draw a box and then I write the item so that I can check the box and then cross yeah. it off. I have great pleasure we in that. We use Google Keep because she loves to share it with yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. And then yes, we can I've both look at it. My husband refuses to look, so I yeah. stopped using Keep. And there's something about writing the list on paper that mm. makes me happy. I agree with you there. Writing things down just seems a bit more official. Yes. However, even though I'm talking about my love of lists, and if my friend Lynn is watching right now when her son Cody, who's now an adult, was in my class, he went home one day and told his mother, Mom, my teacher, she invented this thing, and it's called a list, <laughs> which I thought was great. So you should this, put a patent on so that. So to this yeah. day, when I see him, and he's like 25 years old now, I say, do you remember when I invented the list for you? But I realize that my lists are a little bit out of control. My husband tells me often you need to chill out with the lists and calm down a little bit and take a breath. So my goal, since this week coming up is a little bit calmer at work, is to go into a few days not making a list and maybe even sitting on the couch and watching TV mindlessly, which is not something I do, or doing something like that where I'm just checking out. That is a that is a goal that I can get behind. <laughs> that is definitely a goal I could get behind. Watch some rom-coms. I might make that my goal for this just week, too. Watch rom-coms yeah. for a day. I don't do that. When I say I move all day, I move all day, and I need to take a break. So yeah. I'm going to try to do that. I like the theme of slowing down. I think that's uh, my, mine is also going to be slowing down, but I think mine will be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, like I said, I'm sure that, that Amy will continue to make lists Good. this week. Keep and going, Amy. I need her to because <laughs> she definitely keeps me on track. Um, but the way I want to slow down this week is I want to get back to reading actual books. Oh, For yes. some reason, in the middle of all of this, I found it very difficult to actually read a book. I agree. I've been listening to some things, but even my audiobook uh, consumption has been uh-huh. lower yeah. than usual. It's like my brain is a fully saturated sponge, uh-huh. and I just can't really take in much more new information. So my challenge to you is this. Don't just, if you just say you're going to read a book, you might read, like like a book about school or a book about um you know like a Bernie Brown book mm. or something like that. Read a book that's fiction. Oh, I have plenty of fiction books. Read something that's just a story yeah. that's going to get your head away from all. Well, of and I I tend to be reading multiple books at the same time, mm, yeah. which is something that I've always done. And I know there's different fields of thought on whether that's good or not. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's just how it's going to be. I tend to be listening to an audio book at the same time as I'm. Uh, probably reading a nonfiction book mm-hmm. and reading a fiction book. Mm-hmm. No one is going to be surprised if they know me. I love science fiction and fantasy books. Yeah. So I have a really great uh, urban fantasy book right now, which is a genre of fantasy that I really enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been reading it for months, and it's not a bad book. It's a great book. But when it actually comes time to pick the book up and get into reading it, I just, I lose motivation to yeah. do that. So my my goal, it sounds really sad that I'm saying that my goal for this week to get beyond my walls is to actually spend time each day reading for fun. I love that. But that's what my, that's what my goal is. And I think this week, because it's going to be a little bit slower at work, knock on wood, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a little bit more time to do that. So that's how I'm going to get beyond my I'm walls. I'm rooting for week. you. I think that's a great one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, we'll see how it goes. 
Well, thanks everybody, as always, for joining us uh, on the podcast. And uh, for if you stuck with us to the end, for sticking with us, just kind of bouncing things back and forth off of each other. Don't forget to uh, leave us a, a message on our website. If you feel like giving us some feedback, you can record a voicemail message on anchor.fm slash beyond our walls. And our people who are here in our school district, we've been getting emails from people. We so have you can been. continue to email we us. We love great. getting those emails, yeah. just knowing that people are listening, connecting with what we're saying. So please reach out to us. Uh, also, you know, uh, listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure that if you have time, rate us or review us. That helps to kind of bump us up on the list and get us a little bit more exposure to people uh, that we don't have direct contact with. And uh, as always, thanks for thinking about how you are going to get beyond your walls this week. Have a great week and we will see you again.